Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Hi everyone, welcome to series two of the ultimate behind-the-scenes television podcast, Soap from the Box. I'm Lee Salisbury and I directed all of the biggest soaps for over 10 years. On this podcast, you will find the insider info plus celebrity chat as I talk to television's biggest stars. Remember, there are two episodes every single Sunday this season of Soap from the Box, so make sure you listen to the other one after you listen to this one, which means I need to stop talking and let you listen to this one. Okay, very excited for today's guest. She was a loan shark called Linda in Ackley Bridge. She was Yvonne Carib in Shameless for six years and known to many of you guys as Ali Spencer in Emmerdale, appearing first in October 2011 and leaving in 2015. Please welcome the brilliantly funny and talented Kelly Hollis. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Lola. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's so that nice. was a very nice intro. Thank you very much. I know. I'm trying to get, you know, I've said this a couple of times. I, I listen to Desert Island Discs and they're so clever, their intros, and I can't really write clever ones. You know, they're, they're quite meaningful. I'm just like, I'm trying my best, but... <laughs> no, that was lovely. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> it reminds everyone of, because, I mean, we'll get to Shameless, actually, because it's one of my favourite shows ever. So we'll talk about that in, in detail as well. But what I tend to do on this is talk about the show you're known for to our fans, which is obviously Soap. Um, and then we'll talk about all the other stuff you've done and you. But I have to say, first, I didn't realise it's not the first time you were in Emmerdale playing Ali. You were in it in 2002. I was, yes, back in the day with... Um, Can you remember the, who you played? Yeah, I played, hang on, she says now, I think it was a character called Mel. Yeah. Now, now you've just put me on the spot. I've yeah, got Mel. Melanie Say, is that right, Melanie There Say. we go, that's correct, yeah. And I actually and, worked with the beautiful Leah Bracknell. Which, again, is quite weird because I li- I'm now living in her old house. Oh, are you really? Yeah, so me and... It was her, so sad, sad how well she was. I know, I'm obviously remembering her because she was amazing and such a lovely girl and yeah. such, oh my God, life ended far too short for her. But Oh, definitely. Um, so yeah, the story I read was you, Zoe's Tate, who Leah, uh, who Leah played, was sectioned and you struck up a friendship with a fellow patient for eight episodes. See, not because a lot of people that I'm interviewing on this have had an appearance in a soap beforehand, but you actually had, that's quite a, I mean, I know it was only eight episodes, but still quite a meaty part, actually. Yeah, I, it was. And I was literally booked in just to do the hospital stuff, but obviously, no, I was just buzzing to do that as well. But then, if I remember rightly, um, a couple of months after we did, I think I did a couple of other episodes later, where I came to the village, 
But I don't know if they had any intentions of me staying or, or carrying on that storyline because there was a gap between the stuff we did at the hospital and me coming to the village. But I think it probably didn't help because I, when I came back for the second little bit, um, I'd actually fallen pregnant. But uh, do you want some gossip? Do you want some gossip? Oh, go on. Of course we love gossip. I, uh, my son is going to kill me for disclosing this. <laughs> but I, I, actually, I actually conceived my son while I was filming at Everdale. Oh. I mean, not when you were actually filming, obviously. No, no, not on set, <laughs> but in but actually in my Winnebago trailer thing. Oh, wow. Well, so Everdale <laughs> has a lot of memories for Kelly Hollis then. <laughs> My son is going to kill me for saying that. So that is true. That is totally true. It's nice nice for him to know his history. I mean, it wasn't... Of course, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot worse places, uh, Sunday. I'm sure there is, yeah. Yeah. So at least we've got a bit of kudos, and and obviously Emmerdale. uh, And then everybody used to joke, saying, if you have a girl, you've got to call her Emma. If you have a boy, you've got to call her Dale. Actually, I remember there was always a seat in the old Emmerdale building. Did you you, remember the old Emmerdale building before we moved kind of around the road? Yes, yes, down there. At the and bottom, there was a one seat in the office where you know, like any PA or scripts advisor sat it in like the year following would become pregnant. So this seat became kind of like a hallow ground for people to sit in. I remember sitting it one day, uh, and like, you can't sit there. I was like, I think I'm safe. <laughs> okay, right. I'm gonna change my story. I actually sat in that chair then. I'm changing you my story. Have. You might have sat in that chair, you might have come up to get scripts or something and sat in that chair. But, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, do you remember, obviously you'd done big shows beforehand, but I always think, because Kat Tilsley had a little part in, because Kat Tilsley was actually quite a big part in Emmerdale before Corrie. She she was like a prison officer that slept with James Sutton's character when he was in it. But Oh, wow, gosh, yeah. When you're in a show like that, for knowing for eight episodes, it, there must be a feeling of like, oh my God, I'd love to be one of the main cast. Of course, it's, it's all, especially because that was quite early on in my career. Um but again, it's it's just one of those. I've just always had the mentality that you know any job's a great job, and just thankful for it at the time. And obviously, you know, so so it's a different world now. I think compared to even back then. Um, and obviously, to work with with Leah and everything, and and just to be a part of it, it was such a buzz because I never intended on being an actress, so I sort of fell into it. So then one day to just and have and have a job yeah, on Emmerdale, no. I was just happy for that. But then that did sort of come into play later on when I came back to audition for Ali. They were like, I'm not going to get this because I'd done that little stint before. Oh, I think I that thought was, so was going to go against me. I mean, there's me. people that have got jobs in soaps that they've almost played quite a, even a bigger character, do you know what I mean? And they're quite well-known. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, and also swapping <laughs> soaps, I think. I think it, the worst is if you swap a soap, like Michelle Collins having such a hard time on Corrie because almost like they wanted yeah. to fail, do you know what I mean? Because she was known to us in EastEnders it's kind of I think that's so horrible when that happens but anyway that crossover there must have been very tricky for her definitely yeah but uh so I always start with a memorable moment actually and I, I think my most memorable moment with you is not on set it was offset and when one night when we did you remember we all went to do karaoke in Leeds and no one could get oh, me off the microphone <laughs> yeah who doesn't love a bit of karaoke oh we love it do you remember there's a place you can hire a room and I think and we, you know when we used to go out as a crowd in Emmerdale but anyway so let's get to Ali Spencer so she arrived as the sister of Rachel Breckel who was mother you were the mother of Sean and Amelia Spencer of which Dan is the dad uh and yes. Dan is obviously still in the show and you were the wife of Ruby Haswell so obviously a huge thing because lesbian characters uh coming into the show which I mean, there's a lot of gay men characters in soaps now. It's still quite rare to see lesbian characters actually bizarrely in soap, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'll be honest, when I first when we first got the job at Emmerdale, I'll be truthful, I've not seen soaps for quite a while. Yes, yeah. I was actually quite shocked that it was still a 
a big deal, if you know what I mean. It was like, come on, how long have we been doing this now, you know? Um, and, and Alicia Ayo, who plays Ruby. Um, but it's, and again, and if you want another little, little secret, is that my audition, basically when I got there, Alicia was in another pair. So it looked to me like they sort of had four, four pairs and I thought in their heads, they're already thinking it's either them two, them two, them two, or them two. And so as I've walked down the corridor with, with the girl I was auditioning with, she sort of said, oh, can I, can I just ask, are you gay? And I said, no, no, I'm not. No, I said, are you? She went, no. She went, how do you want to do this? And I told her, I said, listen, love, I want this job. I said, you're getting it, but we're getting there. <laughs> I, said, I'm gonna, I, said, I said, I'm going to snug your face off. And it was just like, but, you know, but it's just one of them. And like you say, you know, it, it, it's still quite uncommon. I mean, I know, this, you know the lesbian thing's been played out a few times, but not enough, you know, like you say, there's lots of gay main characters. I don't know why they seem to still be not shying away a little bit. Like, I think, I think, I mean, I think the main problem with it, and in a way it's hard to get over this, is that it's it's always an issue still. You know, like, even if they have gay yeah. people in it, it's a big issue, or it's a big storyline. It's not just normal, you know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 just, I mean, just, have, a, just have a gay couple who are, who are having a normal life, you know. But don't to say be... that as a gay man, you know, still life isn't quite normal. And of course, you do, you do still, you're not part of the norm, I suppose. So it's quite reflective, I suppose, of that. But I mean, I mean, if you have you watched It's a Sin? Oh, no, it's on the list, though. I've been oh, waiting for the last episode I mean, to be done. And then incredible to remember what, you know, actually how far we've come. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 30 years ago, it's incredible. But so, I mean, I think, I mean, it's like Aaron, um, Danny Miller and obviously Ryan, who played uh, both of them, were straight. So I don't think that's ever because as an actor, I just think even as a straight couple, you've got to kiss someone that is not your partner or not. Yeah, so it doesn't matter who you're kissing; you're kissing someone exactly. you wouldn't normally be. No, exactly. And and, and I'll be honest, hands up. You know, Alicia Ayo is one of the best kisses I've ever had. Yes, she always tasted very minty. <laughs> and um, well, I said yeah. this on actually. Oh, you good. Watch- you watch every actor before kissing scenes and they always put them into them. I mean, they're always, you can tell people are so worried. But actually, just quickly going back to what you said, because it's quite interesting. You said that, like, oh, you were paired up. And actually saying to you, like, and people out there, as a director, actually, you are constantly in your head. I suppose like putting together a boy band. So it's, yeah. you hardly ever cast the two that are together because you're always going, oh, you know what? She'll be really good with that person or whatever. So it's quite easy to see that. Yeah, and then, and then bless her, the girl I actually auditioned with, especially for the... Um the screen test didn't get the job and in the end Alicia did and then I did so they paired us up separately without a screen test I suppose so, yeah that's what we um, did because I did the wild family and I remember that was the hardest because it was we got Amanda Donahoe and Maxwell and then it was a daughter and son but it was so hard picking because it's so hard to get a family right and really the Spencers did work so well didn't they I think they came oh in, yeah it's one of those families that was really easy to work with you guys were fun but also that you have brilliant kids I mean the kids were brilliant Oh no! I mean, I never. I, I don't know how long it is since you've seen um, Luke or Daisy. I'm sure they look, like, They're probably thirty now, aren't they? <laughs> God, that, that, it feels like the thirty because when I see pictures, I mean, I saw Daisy not long ago, obviously, because I was at. Um, how old is she now? She's well, she's the same age as my son, so she'll be coming up to eighteen this year. Wow! Oh I, my god! The day I met her, she had no front teeth. For God's sake! I remember. I remember filming her like that. Yeah. It's like um, it's like lovely Joe Warren Plant, you know, who's on Dancing Ice now. It's like when did oh, that of happen? course. I mean, and I I caught I caught Emma Dale the other night, and I was, there was a scene with charity, and I was like, 
who's that lad there? Then I realised it was Noah. Yeah. And the original lad from with the beautiful blonde curly hair. It's like, oh, mate, it just makes me feel so old. It's not even funny. I know. <laughs> oh, God, it's not funny, is it? But, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. amazing. I love it when kids actually, I mean, obviously those two have left, but it's amazing when you see some talent, and it does, because obviously Charlie Webb, that happened to, and Sammy Winwood, yeah. um, who were there oh. at an early age. Um, and obviously, Dan. But you were right in what you're saying about about the kids and everything. Sorry to interrupt you, then, babe. Oh no! But yeah, the, the, the the family dynamics worked instantly, and I, and I couldn't. I can't even imagine being casting or or a director to the point where you've got to pick a family. Um, no, but the but day we first met, and it, I just I fell in love with Daisy. I fell in love with Luke. I fell in love with Alicia, and it was it was instant, you know. And I treat I treat Daisy and I treat Luke like they were my own kids. Yeah, you did. And I would expect when people say, "What does a director do?" I always say, part of the job when you're casting is it is a skill because it's like I suppose like running a dating in a way. You you are looking for who's going to gel, and I, I, luckily I think I've got that skill of going. So part of auditions with people listening will be yeah. Loads of people come for auditions, they're brilliant, but you're kind of seeing who's going to work in the family of Emmerdale if you're on Emmerdale. Yeah. I mean, there is a vibe and you're just thinking, right, who's going to be able to hit the ground running? Who's going to be like this? Who's going to get on with? And how you can see that person then working with so many different characters, you know? So, yeah. um, and l- luckily, often you get it right. Thank God for that family as well. But what I loved about, you, you must have loved this as well, because to explain to listeners as well, the village obviously really is a shell and you film all the outside scenes. And the studio has got all the interiors, but you guys moved into Brook Cottage, which is one of the only, it's Brook Cottage, isn't it called? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah Brooke which Cottage, is one of the only was... sets that was on in the village, in the house. So you were basically in the village the entire time. Yeah, I think there was the vets, uh, Paddy and Thingy in the vets. I think their interior was up there. Yeah, theirs was the there. B&B. Um, and I B&B. think ours, yeah, I think that was it, yeah. Oh, well, I remember as a secret to everyone, actually, when Edna was alive. So Edna's house used to actually be in... I think it's Darren, um, Aaron's house now, Mill Cottage down the bottom. So you used to go in there and that used to have the interior of Edna's house in, bizarrely. Oh, wow. I know, which we all always felt sorry for Shelley because she's the oldest cast member. They put her in the freezing cold because it is always cold in that village, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a beautiful village, though. Oh, my God. And I, I think I think one of my first filming days up there, they'd taken us down to London the night before, stupidly, oh, to God. some kind of do. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it all, and I warned them. I said I, d- I have a rule. I don't. I don't play out on school nights. It's as simple as that. And there's, that's for a good reason. Yeah. And it was some stoke thing that they took us to, and I almost missed my train back in the morning. This oh is down God. to Danny Miller, by the way. I told Danny, if you're listening, you know I blame you, mate. Because I told you. <laughs> but then I got to work at the village. Finally got to, got the train and got got back to Leeds in time. And um, <laughs> I actually threw up in the village. In the, oh, I said, God. look, I know yep. this is a fake village, but is that bush real enough for me to go throw <laughs> up in? And somebody just went, yeah. And that, that was Christen, that. Christen, yeah, our village in. Like, no, no one else has done I'm sure people have done that. I'm sure people I don't know, that. you know, because I did ask makeup. And makeup said they didn't think anybody had been sick up there. So I don't know. Although probably, <laughs> probably people wouldn't announce it, though. I mean, it's probably only you that would announce it, Kelly. Yeah, there's only me who'd You'd admit to it. it. Yeah. I'm like an idiot. <laughs> So anyway, what, but, we yeah, do, I love what I normally do is do a little quiz, uh, which is not Ooh, really, okay. but just to get us through the storylines, because I found at yeah. the beginning of the podcast, when I was just going through all the storylines, it was taking so long, so I just picked the highlights. So, oh, you know what? I've just really messed up my first question, which was which house uh, Ali and Ruby move into. Ah, we? Well planned. Actually, what I was going to ask about the cottage, because I always think what's funny with actors coming in is, We've obviously got the soap's got amazing set design teams, so they will plan the new houses and stuff. And I obviously at that point, 
there's no um, talking to the actors who are going to play the role. So did you remember the moment you walked in and kind of do you gauge then a bit more what the characters like because of how they decorated it? Yeah, well, it was weird because the first scene I did was with Rachel and the, the house was empty because it was us viewing the, the house. But then when we got there the next time, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's always that little bit, especially when you're playing the type of characters that we were playing. Yeah. It was like, I didn't, I didn't expect the rich, you know, I didn't expect no, yeah. Home Farm. <laughs> but I, I loved it and, it and it did. And like you said, the, the set design team is so great up there. And it, everything just worked amazing. It it it, it would, it, it, in fact, if anything, it was probably nicer than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it wasn't. I used to really like that house. I hated the loud because I thought I'd hate to live here. You know that kitchen. Well, it's bloody hard to film in as well. That wall that separated the kitchen and the. Oh yeah, house. it's it's not ideal. It's not one of the the most thought out, as in structure wise, I suppose. Is it? Yeah, yeah like and there are a lot of living there. I mean, I always love the magic of soap. That a million, like the pub, a million people live there, and there's probably only two bedrooms. So. Actually, yeah. Diane and Chaz are living, you know, sharing a double bed at night. Um, yeah, I think I think the one nice thing about Brook Cottage, actually, I know you said about the little gala kitchen behind with the wall, but there was the entrance in and the entrance out at the other side, and that yes. always was always a nice little flow, which I don't think you get in many of the sets on Emmerdale. The, the and interior I mean, that and house. Things. If you lived in a village that actually was like Emmerdale, with what goes on in that house, you would have a view of everything. So you would oh, see yeah. the murders, the. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, everything. (laughs) You had a beautiful thing. Okay, next question. Who was not pleased Declan allowed them to move in and also refused late payment from them? Nicola. Yes. He obviously is one of my best friends. and um, I love her. I absolutely love her. And when you joined, you said, I mean, and you're not saying this like no one else has. Most people don't. I mean, I'd not watched Emmerdale before I joined and then watched it lots because it wasn't a safer watch. But is it still quite, you know, once you've got the job and you probably watch it a bit, is it always quite nerve-wracking going into a job where you know you're with these established characters that have been there for years? Oh, of course. I mean, talking about um, beautiful Shirley. Oh, um, I love Shirley. Yeah. I remember my first scenes I did on in the studio was in the Woolpack. But I do remember sat in the Woolpack this day, first one of the first scenes, I'm sat on the end of the bar and Shirley's Edna sat next to me. And I just completely zoned out. Crazy. And it was literally like, where am I? What is going on? What's my name? Yeah. Um, and I just completely, and I think it was even like maybe the first take <laughs> and me just not, no words coming out. Well, it's really nerve wracking. You said that as well. This is added to the list. The biggest find of this series, and everyone listening will know this once they've listened to all the episodes, is everyone says almost one of their first scenes was in the pub or some event and you just think okay so there's an initiation going on by the soaps here to really yeah test. if you can because, if you can get through today we'll keep yeah that. because it's really, <laughs> that's a really throwing it at a deep end because as i always say to actors and as directors as a team new people join and because it does become such a family you you almost are going right well are we going to like them <laughs> yeah are they and, gonna and be good? you work so fast on there as well and you've got to hit that ground running there's yeah. no you know, you've you've got to just like say, just get in with both feet. But you're right as well. There is also that again from being a viewer of you know soaps over the years. Everybody can't wait for a new family, and straight away, you know, everybody goes, "Oh no, I don't like them." Oh, of course. And then within yeah. about, and that just goes with it. I don't take anything like that personally. That that's the you know the, the free reign of the soap viewers to be able to do and that. In something like Emmerdale, they hate the real kind of commoner family, and they hate the really posh family at first. Also, yeah. you were playing lesbians. Uh, and also you came in as a new family. So it's kind of like you had, yeah, 
the Emmerdale viewers. The odds were stacked of it. Yeah, yeah. the odds were stacked. But obviously then people fell in love with you guys. Um, Okay, so next question. Who slaps Megan when she tries to force Ali and the family out of Brook Cottage? Oh, Rachel, I think. Yes, Rachel, yeah. Um, and so that I was going to say what you said already, you worked so closely as a family unit. What I interesting, so obviously you left before Alicia and stuff, and I don't know, Gemma left before you guys, did she? Yeah, it sort of got a bit complicated because then, yeah, uh, Rachel left, sorry, yeah, Rachel left first, then she came back, um, and then we did our leaving stuff, which was her, Ruby yeah. with the accident, but we were on different blocks, so it, it was. Even though I left afterwards, I left after the Ruby's funeral. And I suppose when, I suppose it's like the Kings actually, because Nick Miles said, you know, like he was getting used to a King's boy being killed off every Christmas. And he was like, I need to change my character. I'm going to get killed. The minute you found <laughs> out, like say Gemma was leaving, do you instantly go, oh God, the writing's on the wall for us. Do you know what I mean? That one of the family's gone. Um, I suppose you do anyway, but I think if, if your sensible mindset in, in any acting job, is you always have to be aware, you know, this is not going to last forever. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. this and, and it's never anything necessarily personal. It's not because you rubbish at your job or anything like that. You know, it's just storylines got to keep moving. Characters have got to keep turning. It's it's just the way of the world, even more so in a soap. So uh, me personally, I wasn't then thinking, oh, my God, they're going to write me out now. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. My, in my mind, it's, it is it, what will be, will be. And, and that's, that's, that's just how it goes. It's, I, I had sort of thought in my head, realistically you know do I want to be there for 10 yeah, 15 20, 20 years, years anyway yeah. and, and 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 sometimes at the time when they say right well you know we're writing your character out or whatever you know and I'm sure a lot of other actors are absolutely devastated but then when it happens just think, you know that that was the best thing because I could be I'm, and I'm not speaking for anybody or nobody who's worked there a long time has ever said this to me but you know and I'm sure people who are there a long time think oh I I wish I'd gone 10 years ago. Am I missing out on this? So there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, if you, if you stay, you stay. If you don't, you don't. That's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. Going. And I think that you like you, you guys, you made a massive impact, which is great. Do you know what I mean? I think so. Um, it's incredible. Um, and so the weirdest thing, which I didn't know, was that um, you were actually killed off screen years after you left in 2018 in a I car was. accident. Now, apparently so, so yeah. <laughs> that must be bloody enough. I think that's I think that's always a waste, you see, because you never know who you can bring back. And I think, why kill characters off screen? It's really bizarre to me that. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, they were so lovely. And, I'm, and I'm, from what I can gather from other people I spoke to is that this isn't always the case, but they actually rung me to tell me they were oh, doing that, that nice. as well. I was going to say, did you hear? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a lovely phone call and a message. You're going to die. Yeah, you just think, you know, we're going to kill you off. But do you know what? I think there's always that little bit of you, like you just said, you know, never say never. And all these actors who say, oh, yes, I'd never go back. You know, you've always got to keep moving forward. But, you know, Dan's still there. Amelia's still there. To me, personally, it was like, oh, I wish you hadn't. But in another yeah. sense, it w- I was almost glad they did to some well, respect. And to be honest, it's obviously then it's like done Kathy, then. Kathy Bill came back to EastEnders and she was, you know, well, murdered. Well, I could be. I want to say I could be Ali's evil twin, but I think Ali was probably the evil one. Well, you could so be I'd Ali, though. That's what I mean. It could be all fake, that, anyway. You know, yeah, we could. well, this is it. This is what I love about Soapland. Dan can wake up in the shower tomorrow and it'll have all been a dream. Yeah, I mean, I remember my, you know? <laughs> my funniest thing was when I was young watching Home and Away, and I think well, Australian soaps were amazing for this. So if someone was ill, they just used to replace them with someone else. So I remember Pippa was ill. So they just put, I remember yes. one episode that they replaced Pippa, but, and I, 
they everyone who mentioned her or spoke to her called her Pippa, and I was like, why are they calling her Pippa? That's not Pippa. Yeah. Oh, that's Pippa now. And, and didn't the old man disappear for years? Madge and Harold, he came back after. He is, yeah, he came back. Been working in a bookshop with amnesia or something. It was brilliant. Yeah, Lucy Robinson changed characters about uh, 400 times. And then the biggest one, obviously, is Kate Ford, who's now the amazing Tracy Barlow. She kind of went upstairs oh. as a six-year-old and came down two years later and she was like 30. But um, yeah, like I say, you never know. And that's, that is the beauty of stuff. And I think th there's that artistic licence for anything to happen, so... And it must have been a fantastic day because you were fight. You know, she was feisty. She really stuck up. Like family were everything, which I suppose is, you know, in reality, that's you as well. As in, you, you know, every family is everything. But she didn't mind what she said. So you had lots of confrontations. It must be fun playing a character like that. It's brilliant. I mean, I, I, a lot of people do say to me, "Oh, you sort of get typecast a little bit," but I have got no problem with that no, yeah. at all. Not at all. I think uh, I'm sure people like Robert De Niro and people like that. I don't think they're bothered about being typecast either. You know, no. you don't need counselling when you've got a job like that. You know? No, I always oh, go on. I've said this get all your stress out at work, and you don't. Yeah, and you don't get blamed for anything. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. And I always think, you know what? As an actor, I think you know whether you're the leading lady from a young age, or the comedy friend, or of do you know course. what I mean, and, or a character actor. And I think the best actors know that and don't try to be, you know, yeah. Something else. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm good with all of that. <laughs> so let's talk about you. So the real you. So you were obviously a you're, you're a Yorkshire lass. You were born Kelly Michelle Hollis. That's me. Yeah. So um, now you were born Kelly with a Y, I've seen. Uh, yeah, my dad and my mum are not very happy. I, I didn't change it for work or anything. It was just like a teenager thing. Oh, okay. Oh, God, you know, you're like way ahead of the game because now kids are taking, taking letters out of their name and stuff to be better on social media. Yeah. You're like way ahead of the game there. So I thought I did it when I was a teenager and I just changed the Y to an I and then it just over the years it's just stuck. And Oh, I thought it might be, you know, that weird thing with, spot, uh, with equity years ago where if someone had exactly the same name, you had to change it. No, I think there's a porn star with my name, but I don't, oh, wow. don't Google. Whatever you do, don't Google me. <laughs> so let's go to Shameless, because obviously loads of people, including me, especially my age, will remember you from that, Yvonne. I mean, you were there originally. You were there from the outset, weren't you? So you were in series was, one, yeah. seven. And if no one's, I mean, probably the younger viewers wouldn't have watched Shameless. It's definitely one of those box sets you should get. I mean, oh, I mean, I can't believe you were it. I mean, one of my favourite actors in the world who I fancied was James McAvoy, who was obviously in it then. Um, but that show was groundbreaking. I mean, when you first read the script, you must have been like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Well, it was weird because, I, because again, I was pregnant, weirdly enough, I was pregnant with my son, Jai, who I've conceived at Emmerdale. Yes, yeah. um, and I'd actually got a job on a show called No Angels. I don't know if you remember that. There were yeah, yeah. Leads and I'd actually sort of were down to the last couple of, um, of castings for that. And they'd sort of give me the nod and the wink and everything. And I had to go back for sort of one last workshoppy afternoon to finish pairing all the nurses up. And basically, I went into labour early. So they said, if you don't come today, you don't get the job. Luckily, two weeks later, um, my agent phoned and just said, look, we've got you an audition for this new thing called Shameless. I don't really know much more about it. So can you imagine, if I'd have got the job, if Diane had come early, wow. I'd have already got the job on No Angels and I wouldn't have even been seen for it. it. Everything happens for a reason. Exactly. So this is one thing that's one thing that always stuck in my mind. So even now, if I audition for something and I don't get it, I just think you never know what what doors you know what door number two is going to bring. You were in this series though that is 
you're one of those people that's been lucky enough to be in a series that no, because obviously no one ever knows on series one what it's going to do. How was it yeah. watching that? Great. It must like because I always think you go back to season. I mean, it really took off in si- series one, didn't it? What, yeah. What's it like being on that journey? It must be incredible when someone's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It was it was scary, really, to be honest, because I think it, because like you asked about the script, yeah. when you read the script, you just think, no way. I mean, there's a lot more stuff like that on TV now, but like now, I said, it was time, groundbreaking. Yeah. It was so brave. Without and I, after speaking with Paul Abbott, and I'm sure he said it in interviews before. Um, he, he always wanted to write Shameless, but he didn't want it to be, you know, Alan Bennett, Grim Up North, you know, Ken Loach. He didn't, he didn't want it to have that 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 doom and gloom feel to it. But so then when you read when I read the first script, I think most most people I ever speak to, one of the things that they always say to me is, I know somebody who's like Frank. And I remember yeah. doing oh, the yeah. exact same thing on the way to my audition. I remember ringing my mum, and this is no disrespect to my stepdad, bless him, he passed away not long ago. Um, and I, I always told him this story because he liked to, you know, he liked a few cans and that. And um, and, I'd, and I rung my mum on the way to the audition and I went, mum, there's a guy in this script and he's just like our time. Oh, wow. You know, and I'll always remember that. And and that's not, not a disrespect. But I think you being in it then for the first year, reading the script was one thing. Filming it was another. Seeing what they had all the other characters doing. And I was like, no way. We were all like, no way are they going to put this on TV. This yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. This is so outrageous. This is just not going to fly. And um, then, and then, I'll be perfectly honest. I said this recently, actually, to uh, to somebody I'd, I'd done an audition for, and I said one of the things I actually didn't like about being on Shameless was that I didn't get to sit and watch with everybody else. Yeah, it was so up my street. It was so anything everybody was watching, and in a way, I felt like I I was obviously I was lucky because I was filming the show but I, I really really with all my heart wanted to be on the other side of the fence I wanted to be the ones going oh mate have you seen did you watch Shameless yeah, yeah. but you don't really I want... you were part of it do you know what I mean it's like incredible yeah no but, but but that first year especially you know basically it's a lifestyle that loads of us would go oh my god you know poor families like that but what it did is celebrate the fact that people were still happy you know like dramas happened but it was their way of life and they were really happy with that yeah just because people have to do certain things to get through life yeah. doesn't make them bad people it's what you said interestingly like what paul said is that he didn't want it just to be grim up north but the fact is there's loads of communities like that but what was brilliant about it is it showed that yeah they were struggling with money and stuff but their people still have fun and people still it's still a lovely life for people. Do you know what I mean? I know loads of drama yeah. did it, but it's like it was. That well, it showed families who who stick together, who love yeah. each other, who'll do anything for each other, and, and that they're, they're the bare bones of us as human beings. I think. I always think, to be honest about it, right? I've always. But it's amazing to see your friends do incredibly well. But also, there's always that part of you that going, "Oh, I'm quite jealous." I mean, not that I'm an actor, but so with James McAvoy, <laughs> was it a bit like, "Oh"? God. Do you know what? I can honestly, honestly, honestly say no to that question. Because I purposely went to go out of my way, and I have done ever since he left Shameless, was go out of my way to make sure I watched every single thing he was in. Oh, and do nothing but just be completely buzzing for him. And is he and lovely? He, he is lovely. And a, another quick story time, if you've got time for it. Oh, yeah. So when he, le- when, he was, when he was in the process of leaving Shameless, there was a little crossover point where he was in New Zealand. I think it was New Zealand where the film Narnia. And then he had to come back to Shameless to finish off his last bits and bats there. Well, my daughter, she was only about 13, I think, at the time. That particular morning, 
she'd actually done a little, like a little drama exam where she played Lucy at the, at the lamppost with Mr. Tumriff. And James was at work that day. So he was so brilliant with her. So Fallon's telling him all about this thing she, and she's playing Lucy and he's saying to her, oh, I'm playing Mr. Tumriff in a film. And, and then he secretly took um, sent us a load of stuff signed pictures of him as Mr. Oh, all before no. the film even came out. And obviously said, look, but if you do, don't show anybody. And yes, she's literally, I'm at, I'm at my daughter's now, she's literally got it upstairs on the bedroom wall. Oh, that's amazing. You know? He's oh. one of my, whatever that rule is, where you can have five people, if you got the chance, you know, you can choose yeah. one of them. He's, uh, yeah, he's amazing. Is he um, on the list, love? My best, my favourite story is, uh, one of my funny stories is Jenna Coleman, who's obviously now, humongously huge is oh uh, yeah i've watched doing something last night what am i watching she's in, uh, the serpent at the moment yeah yeah um, oh god she's amazing my favorite story and i'm sure she wouldn't mind me telling this is she had to do a self-tape for america and this is really bizarre and it was a it was a part for a disney film but they wanted her to read this scene from goodwill hunting the bed scene which was like full of swearing really bizarre like <laughs> so she came around and i did it with her and it, like we were doing it obviously i was off camera and i was like oh jenna i'm gonna have to put on the american accent because it's just not working for you so, yeah, so I, I've still got the recording of it, which I love. And Paul was like, oh, my God, you're actually really good. So I was like, imagine if uh, I'm like in America, like, sorry, Jenna, who's the person? Yeah. Who's the person? Who got I you that here? job? Yeah, who helped you get that, that job? <laughs> and also what's right. weird is you were obviously in the show married to uh, Cash, who was played by Chris Bisson. So everything comes out in service. Yeah. And he was in Emmerdale at the same time. So it's quite weird, that, isn't it? It is it? It's a small world, basically, isn't it, our job? Well, this is it with our job, and this is one bit of advice that I always give to the young uns. It's like, watch your P's and Q's. Yeah. You know, always, you know, because trust me, this is a very, very, very small world and you will always, it'll always come full circle. So you'll always end up working either whether whether it be crew, directors, um, runners, who then in 15, 20 years are going to be producers, you know. Exactly. Oh, my God. Well, I do think, to be honest, if you're genuinely a nice person, you don't try to be nice, you're just nice. Yeah. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. But I think it's just these youngins these days, I think some of them just think that they they have to be a certain way or they have to act a certain way, and I don't really know where that comes from. But, but you I, know, do, think, the, I, I mean, we say youngins. I do think, I mean, there's legendary stories about some of, you know, like, and I think it's well publicised about some of the, you know, big stars from Korea and stuff, you know, that were big divas look our industry wouldn't be fun if we did have those some of those divas as well because it's you need oh some, yeah you need someone at work to kind of hate and slag off don't you <laughs> oh, well i think it, i always relate and um especially on the soaps if i'm honest because it's such a family orientated people have been there forever and I, I relate a lot of the jobs i do to being at, at school like i like your job as a director i mean i've done a little bit directing the last couple of years i'm actually hoping to get on the director's course at, through emmerdale um, but I'll be honest, I only really want to go back so I can boss everybody about. <laughs> Although you say that, like the hardest part of directing is because really you are, I suppose you are the boss, but actually I think to be a good director, you're not, it's, a, it's such a team effort because you can't really, you, yeah, you might have the end say, but I don't think you, I never felt I did because I'd always want an actor to be happy. Um, yeah, and especially the established ones to then go on and try and tell those oh, people. It's, it's the most scary thing in my life. To bring. I, I yeah. said this on a special edition that Kath did with me interviewing me, but um, my first day on EastEnders was the night shoot of the Queen Vic fight and the entire cast were there. So it was like, you know, Bi- wow. Bianca, Ricky, Pat, Peggy, Phil, uh, Dot, yeah. Stacey. And I just, 
I, I, I switch into work mode, but I remember coming home going, Jesus, how did that just happen? And also as a director. What's just happened, yeah. <laughs> you all know this, I suppose, in a way that, I mean, actually not limited, but, you know, you've got people, there might, there's so many, obviously it's life. So people are having their own personal issues, which yeah. obviously, can, and as a director, you're kind of like this headmaster that's between everyone and you know there might be some, drama there oh yeah you've got you've got to manage everybody as well and you know it's like and and to be fair that's one thing I don't don't envy about directors especially is because people shouldn't be treated individually but like you say you you know people have got other like you know the real life's going on and you don't know what's going on with them that day you know yeah you'll know this as an actor and this is no disrespect I suppose because I'll be exactly the same but say if you're directing something like a wedding and you've got all the cars there most of them have got no lines I mean it's like being at play school isn't it it's so because oh, yeah. everyone might be the same as having a laugh and you're like oh my god this is horrendous yeah well we are all like I mean I know just from personal experience I mean me and Alicia are grown women and the amount of times people would just look at us like <laughs> oh, how old are you two I mean we I've literally got videos of us dragging each other up and down corridors attached to cushions and Oh, but yeah, but, but you have to because you have time in between scenes. I think that's... Well, this is it, yeah. For me, it's the most bizarre job because it's a real balancing act. Totally agree. I mean, trying to juggle everybody and manage everybody's personalities, these very strong personalities as well. Um, but I'll be honest, hands down, um, Emma Dill, without question, some of the nicest people, ever. people yeah, I've ever, ever met and ever worked with. Ever worked on. And like you, I mean, you were like someone who... Uh, I always say this because I love Shameless. Like when you were coming into it, and I, was, I was like, oh my God, it's Kelly Hollis. But also like, oh, I always instantly think, oh, is she going to be a nightmare? And I love it that all the people I've thought, uh, the people I've loved growing up with uh, ended up like being friends and so nice, which I love because oh, I always just think that's amazing. And to be so, yeah. like, I love what you say about Shameless. You wish you were watching it the other side. Because I think the key in this life is never to get carried away with yourself. Do you know what I mean? When you've got some yeah. hit show. Because and, 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 because I've always lived, well, apart from the last few years, I've always lived in Leeds. In fact, I've always lived in Beeston, which is where I was brought up. So my friends and family would never, ever dare let me get carried away with myself. No, so for that's instance, the main thing, lov- yeah. Lovely Jeff, one of the drivers, used to come and collect, get me on a morning. It'd be all suited and booted. And my mates would be out in the street and going, are you, I don't want to swear, are you for effing real? Yeah. Check you out where you drive on and that. So it got so bad that all my mates were taking the mick out of me. And that I'd have to ring Jeff and say, please, can you go park at the end of the street? Right. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. I'm not coming out until you move. And please, whatever you do, do not get out of that car. That's brilliant. That's like stood that. at the side holding door and that. I felt like a right wally. That's like the opposite to Hyacinth BK, who used to make anyone with a bad car park down the road. But you, say, <laughs> yeah. you saying that, and I won't name who it is, and it's not a bad story, but um, someone came around here that they had a driver because what their husband did and stuff. And... I was like, oh my God, because he just sat outside waiting for her, which obviously if you've got the money would be great. But I, we ended up giving him cups of tea all night. So we're going to end with, because you are a Yorkshire lass, and uh, you probably won't get these, more this is more facts for everyone else. I found these quite okay. interesting. So what, I mean, so basically the answers are all Yorkshire. So what's the longest river in Yorkshire? The River Air. Yeah. And it's 88 miles. Ah, blooming heck, didn't know that. I know. <laughs> so there we go. You'll take, don't say I don't teach you things on the podcast, Kelly. Um, who said, I mean, you'll never get this, but I like the quote about this. Who said about Harrogate in 1858, the queerest place with the strangest people in it leading the oddest lives? It's somewhere where lots of the Emmerdale cars live. And it's quite posh. He- Hebden Bridge. Harrogate. Oh, right. Yeah, and Charles <laughs> Dickens said that. I know. 
The queerest. Oh, do you know what, Neil? I was going to say Charles Dickens as well. I know. Sorry, I did two questions in one there, which is silly. Um, (laughs) Do you know which industry uh, created the wealth in the Yorkshire Dales? I'm going to say mill, the mills. Yeah, I think it's mills. It's wool. Yeah, wool. Yeah, wool. Wool mills. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) and which (laughs) to be on the chase, me? I know which famous (laughs) cheese is from Yorkshire. Odd, oh, is it Dem- Dembydale cheese, something? You know what, there's probably, yeah, probably a lot. I've got Wensleydale, but there's probably there's a lot. Oh, Nate, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that on the chair. Yeah, you know, right. There probably is, no. Next. You would have been, they would be like, now, oh, get off. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Kelly, it's been amazing to speak to you. I could speak to you for hours. Um, oh, thanks for having me. Oh, it's been amazing to have you. And we will catch up soon as lockdown's over and go and do karaoke leads. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Yes. We're going to do a duet. Love you lots. Speak to you soon. Oh, thanks, Lee. Thanks so much for having me, love. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much to Kelly Hollis for being a guest on the podcast. She is a fellow Northern girl, so I'll be catching up with her very soon in a pub garden. Remember, there are two episodes of Soap from the Box every single Sunday this season. The other one this week is with the legend that is Julie Hesman-Haller, who of course played Hayley in Coronation Street, amongst so many other things, including Broadchurch. I chat to her everything about that, so please listen to that after this. Thank you, as usual, to David Stevens and the Bothy for their edit and technical wizardry, and to Ian McCallum for all of his press help. And remember to also check out Great British Radio. You can find my brand new show, The A to Z of Soap, on there every single Saturday at 3pm, plus highlights of Soap from the Box will be on throughout the week. You can listen online, you can listen on your Alexa, you can download the app, and you can catch up with them on social media at GRBR. UK. Right, I need to stop for a glass of water now. Have a great week. See you soon. Hold up. 